Well, again, good morning, Battleground Community Church and those who might be worshiping with us today. Uh, as Pastor Micah said, we are outside. We wanted you to experience a little bit of outside as we're outside worshiping for our anniversary. And we'll talk about our anniversary all through the message today as, as we remember and celebrate. But the word that's come to mind as I reflected on the last nine years or more uh, of ministry together with you is, is the word victory. And so this passage come to mind, so I would invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy uh, 20, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 4. We'll be right back into Romans next week, but just to celebrate our anniversary, I wanted us to see in the context of victory, and, uh, and you know, as you're finding your place, I would, I would challenge you to think when victory, when the word victory comes to mind, when someone mentions that word, what, what, is it, what comes to your mind? Uh, what does that mean? We sort of live in a day to where everybody gets a medal. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll miss the, the, the delight and the celebration of victory. Victory means that somebody has won and somebody loses. And if you've never experienced either one of them, you might miss the sweetness of victory itself. And, uh, and we don't want to miss that in what God's doing in our life today. And so let's, let's just read God's Word together, and then we'll look at it for a few minutes. Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, verses 1 to 4 this morning. Um, the, 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 the people of God are receiving instructions from God about the reality of battle and war and hard times in their life and how they should respond when it comes. And he says, When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle... Then the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart be faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. This is God's word today. Let's, let's pray for our time together. Lord, as we, as we gather here in the, in the beauty of your creation uh, to understand more about you and to celebrate even the little small victories that you give us all through the years and the ultimate victory that we will see when you come again. Lord, we ask to comfort your people, to bring us to a point of remembrance, uh, to gratefulness, and then hope today as we remember all of the amazing things that you have done in, in our lives and the amazing things you've done in your people's lives all through history, in Jesus' name. Amen. So our theme uh, as a church over the last season where we have been working through a, a major uh, capital campaign and renovation of our, of our worship center and all these things, a lot been going on with Battleground. Uh, the theme that has been our theme is pressing forward by faith. And so we got to ask ourselves a question in our life and as a church, uh, pressing forward to what? You know, what, what does victory look like? Uh, and so it's, it's important anniversaries, whether it's of your marriage or, 
or as a church or whatever it is, anniversaries are important. It gives us a chance to remember. Uh, if you've never stuck with anything, you don't get the opportunity and the pleasure of remembrance. And so we have, and many of you have, abided with us uh, for years now. So uh, nine years ago, we started worshiping officially as what we called uh, by, uh, Parkwood West. And Parkwood West quickly became Parkwood Kings Mountain, uh, a, a church plant and campus of Parkwood Baptist Church. Um, but we, we were a campus for four years. And then uh, in our fifth year, we became autonomous. So we've been five years as an autonomous uh, Southern Baptist Church. And, and as, as I reflect on those years, um, I, it seems like sometimes we remember the hard sometimes first, don't we? Uh, so I remember, I reflect on this, it's all kind of hard, sometimes impossible, and yet absolutely amazing experiences that God has allowed us to experience together. Uh, but through it all, there's only really been one constant, and that is the Lord. He has been our constant, and He has been through God's people. This is what history teaches us, is His story. He is the constant, not merely in, in, in our story, but in the Bible's story and in history's story. And so, very simple main idea today, the Lord is with His people and promises to bring them the victory. Our text today reflects just two simple but profound principles that I want you to see, and then we'll look at some what I'm calling imperatives uh, to experience this victory from the Lord. First, what the Lord wants you to know is the battle is coming, but I am the Lord. The battle is coming, but I am the Lord. So you see that in verse 1 when it says, when you go out to war against your enemies. And so when it means... The battle is coming. It is inevitable in your life. And many of us, most of us, if not all of us, know that. It is the reason why Paul ends his letter to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 6, verse 10, by saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all, stand firm. The, the battle is coming. Um, the evil day is, is coming. Whether it's spiritual, and some may, may could argue, and I would, that every battle in our life has a spiritual component. Whether it's spiritual or emotional or mental or physical, all of us are fighting some kind of battle. And here's the truth in Israel's story. Israel had an enemy, and so do we. Israel was often outnumbered, overwhelmed, and, and so are we. Israel was often afraid, and so are we. Uh, that's another 
common thing, even almost a constant sometimes in our life. This is happening. So the timeless principle of the text, the very simple principle of Scripture, is that the Lord is with us in every situation. And He's with us two ways that I want you to just think about. He's with us powerfully. First, Psalms 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. And we don't rise and stand upright because of our own strength. We rise and stand upright because we have stepped forward and moved forward by faith in our Lord. So he's with us powerfully, but I just love this passage in Zephaniah. He's also with us personally, and even, can we say, intimately. But I want you to see this passage. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It's just a, a precious text, and I'm, I'm praying for you as I'm praying for those that are that are outside with us today and listening to this, that this passage is maybe one that you should write down, maybe one that you should put in your car, maybe one that you should stick in your the window at your bathroom over the glass that you read it in the mornings as you get ready and hear this word from the Lord over you today. Zephaniah 3.17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you, he is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. One translation says, He will not be silent in His love for you. And uh, so then, the, the, the common is the battle is coming. But He is the Lord, and the Lord is with us, so don't be afraid. It's a common theme of Scripture. It's common here. You could say it this way. Um, the secret of fear, or the secret to fear, is fear. The secret to the fear of man is the fear of God. John Bunyan put it this way. He called the fear of God the awful reverence of His majesty. And just so much we could say, but reading Bunyan this week in my preparation, this was just a few points he pointed out. I thought I'd pass them on to you. Um, to understand the fear of God, we must understand the power of His might. The power of His might. And you have to understand it in contrast to what you're going through, in contrast to your brokenness, in contrast to your addictions, in contrast to our problems and issues and actual enemies, uh, in contrast to those who still speak an evil word over your life, you must understand the fear of God. And to understand that, you must understand the power of His might. Psalms 33 Verse 13 said, The Lord looks down from heaven to see the whole human race. For His throne He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so He understands everything they do. The best equipped armies cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear Him. Those who rely on His unfailing love, He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of fam famine. We hope in the Lord. 
He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for he trusts in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Israel, back into our text, when they made it to the promised land, and they looked out at the promised land and all of its bounty, they also saw all of its problems. They saw all of its hard. The challenge to them that was given to them in Numbers 14.9 was, was this. Was this. It's, he said, Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for they are helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. So you see, the secret of fear is fear. Is to fear God, to understand the power of His might. We must know the power of His might, and we must know the promises of His word. To fear, we must know the promises of His word. And there again, we're contrasting this. This is what I want you to do. You're contrasting this morning to the the lies that we believe. We must have the promises. There's already lies that you are believing today. Maybe it's lies that someone spoke over your life when you were 10. Maybe it's lies they speak over your life now. Maybe it's that enemy that Ephesians 6 is talking about that is, that is saying something about you, about God, or even about other people. We must understand the promises of His Word to understand and experience the fear of the Lord. Uh, that's the only way victory comes. Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints. For those who fear the Lord in him have no lack. Young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Can we not hear Jesus saying, If I feed the birds, will I not feed you? If I love my creation, if I take care of the least little insect crawling around on the ground and I made you in my image, will I not take care of my own? To fear God and not fear man, we must know the power of His might. We must know the promises of His word and we must know the pricelessness of His grace. Isaiah 43 verse 1 says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I mean, when you think of all, just look over my shoulder to the amazingness of God's creation and to think it is this God that created all of this beauty that we can say he's our God. And he looks at us and says, I have set my love on you. You are mine. I call you by name. I have put my name on you. That's the way we experience victory. So, brothers and sisters, in the very dark night of our soul, Christ came. And when he did, light came. And when light came, hope came. When hope came, salvation came. John 1, 4 says this, In him was life, and the light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has no ability to overcome it. That's victory. So, today... Just three simple imperatives, and and you know this. We're just reminding each other as we celebrate what we've been through as a church. Three imperatives from the Lord of Victory this morning. We must remember the past. We must remember the past. 
the Lord of our past battles. We must not forget what the Lord did in 2017 or 2018 or 2005, no matter how old you are. We've, we live long enough, we begin to see that we have faced battle after battle after battle. And though many people have come and gone, the Lord is our constant. And that was the same with Israel. Israel had an imperfect past. But they went from the slavery of Egypt to the promised land. But if you know your Bibles at all, you would say, what happened during those two points of time is just amazing. Just that's the amazing nature of the Old Testament that tells a story of, of redemption, but it also tells a story of that life is sometimes, oftentimes, hard and amazing. And we've experienced the same thing. I, I thought about Paul when I was thinking about this. Um, you're going to experience both heart and both amazing. Paul did. Just listen to 2 Corinthians 11, 23. Um, Paul's being a little sarcastic here, making his point, but listen to what he says. He said, are, are they better servants of Christ? I am a better one. Am I talking like a madman with far greater labors? Listen to all this. Uh, far more imprisonments, far with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I drifted in the sea on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, from dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers, in the toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from all of those things, there are the daily pressure of me and anxiety for all the churches. <laughs> I mean, the brother was remembering some of the hard that he had been through. In Battleground Community Church, you need to remember the hard that we've been through. And listen, if you haven't been here, you need to get with someone who has been here and know the story. Because our past is important to remember what God has done. In, in, in the life of his people, in the community, there we planted and started in, our, in my sunroom. Uh, you know, with just a whiteboard and, and just some ideas, we started with a small group. Did, did you know that 30, 40% of all church plants fail within the first three years? We're nine years in. God has blessed us. We have experienced as a church and as individuals attacks from within and without. I mean, we nearly started over twice. During this time, we lost people that we did not want to lose. And listen, so did Paul, and so has God's people throughout all of history. But again, I'm saying this over and over. I want you to see it. But through, the, through it all, there was a constant, and it was the Lord our God. He sustained us even in times of hard. We need to remember the hard. We need to remember the amazing. Paul, just a chapter later, is recalling that he, that he saw a visions and received things from God that was too great. He didn't even know how to put it into words. Paul experienced some amazing thing in his ministry. Listen, it's not all hard. 
And you need to remember not only the hard with clarity, but you need to remember the beauty and the amazing things that God has done. And he has done amazing things in the life of our church through providence. He's given us this a space now that we are renovating and we are not in debt for that space. We had we spent very little on it. God through his providence and God through just normal relationships has provided for us over and over again. We have simply tried to obey through faith and God always showed up when when, when we needed him at just the right moment. Remember that everything in your past, God used to make us more like Christ. Second um, Corinthians 12:10, he, Paul concludes the hard and the amazing with this. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, and persecution and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. There is a victory to look back on over the last nine and ten years that God has given us over and over again. And the fact that we are here today celebrating our anniversary is a reason to remember what God has done. We need to remember our past battles. We need to remember our present battles. That's what this text is trying to prepare them for. Just go back now to Deuteronomy 20. He says this, And when you draw near to the battle, then the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for the battle against your enemies. Let not your heart be faint. Let's know what he says. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you the victory. You see those three things? We need to remember that God is not simply the God, God of our yesterdays. He's the God of our todays. Psalms 46.1 said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters and foam, though the earth which is swelling. The only person who doesn't give way is the God, so he must be our refuge and strength. No matter what you go through, while you're looking at something that is overwhelming in your life, maybe it's a diagnosis, a situation, or a problem, know that God is there. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you about Elisha and his servant. Do you remember that story? Uh, Elisha is sitting there and the army, an um, enemy comes around, surrounds the city, and the servant is panicking. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and Elisha prays and said, God, would you let him see what I see. And when he opened his servant's eyes, he's seen a vast army, a greater army, greater than he that is with us than those that are against us. And we need to see that today in our present battles. He is with us when we face immense loss. Paul gave testimony in 2 Timothy. He was in prison facing a death that would come pretty quick. And he said, everybody abandoned me but one, and that was the Lord. When we face a loss, when we have something that overwhelms us, Matthew, from Matthew one twenty three to Matthew 28, has one constant message. God is with us. God is with us. So we need to remember our past battles. We need to remember our present battles. We need to remember our future victories as well.
Uh, 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. There's just three Ps I want you to remember in your life. We're going to just move through them quick. We've taken notes. Write them down. We have the victory of the penalty of sin. The penalty. We once were enslaved by sin, and now Christ has broken that. He has declared us righteous in His Son. That is what we call our justification. He has freed us from the penalty. He is freeing us from the presence of sin in our life right now. That is why we go through some of the hard times we do. Because we get the privilege of going through the hard times that we might share in His holiness. And God gives us a promise that one day we will be free from the presence of sin. That is our future glorification. It is in the Psalms when he says, God is our present hope, though everything else gives way. And then he says, there is a city, there is a river in the city of God. He's pointing us to a city. That's what Revelation talks about in, in, a, in Revelation 22, that there is a, there is a place and a future where, where God describes a place with no sin, a place with no effects of, this, of sin and a place where the Lord in all of His glory is and where we will be as well. Psalms 108 says, because all that is true. Psalms 108.13 says, with God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. Proverbs 21.31, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. We know this passage, but it's fitting to end our time in the text today by reading it and remembering it is 1 Corinthians 15, 52. It says, In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. And when the, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass... The saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor it's not in vain. Uh, and so what today? Just a couple of simple thoughts as we close. Remember, when God is big, everything else is small. Uh, I, there's a really good book. It's called When People Are Big, God is Small. But let's flip that on his head this morning today, on our anniversary Sunday. When God is big, everything else is is small when 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 God is big the, our our terminal diagnosis is small our chronic illness is small our addictions are small our anxiety is small our enemies are small whatever that thing is that that is dominating your life now know that when God is big when he is as he is and he is lord in your life he will put everything else into perspective it is not simply sufficient to fear not, to not be afraid. We must be bold. We must be hope-filled. We must be grateful. We must be involved 
especially our involvement means within the local church and in the mission of God that God created you, gifted you, and has sustained you to be about. Um, Battleground Community Church, our best days are in front of us. And so my challenge for us today, uh, nine years in, is let us keep pressing forward by faith. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this time together. And now, Lord, as as we conclude this time in, in your word, I pray that we you have reoriented us towards you, toward who you really are, and that our response is to not fear man and to not fear our problems, but to look to you and in reverent awe say you are bigger than anything the world can give me or that life can take away from me. God, I pray that you would heal and comfort and bring salvation uh, to those who need it, to those who are hearing, hearing, and that now you would bring us to worship as our response to be living sacrifices for you who have provided the, your Son so that we might experience victory, not only later, but right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.